0: Ladies and gentlemen, René's license to welcome you to Porto local time is now 11.55. Please remain seated with your seatbelt securely fastened until the aircraft has come to complete stop. Fasten seatbelt sign and seat switched off. And the main door in the front of the cabin has been opened for you. So Uzi is having his first pastel Donata mm-hmm. brief review. I'd
1: say a 710. 7 out of 10.
0: Seven. Right, well, mine's coming in a minute. It better yeah, be seven, seven. Right, okay.
1: It's good, it's good, but it's just Nobody get? There's just some things that are like like a 10 I can't say 10 because a 10 is like you fall, you fall behind. <laughs> <laughs> but I think a 7 is good, it's decent. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I okay. think if, if I have this during the game, it'll be a 10 of like that. Okay,
0: right. I'll put it to the test. <laughs> I had an interesting chat to Ricardo from the Portuguese football and fashion magazine Contra Cultura who was sat next to me on, among other things, how the game was about more than just the result on the night. So we're having a bit of lunch at the brilliantly named Brasau restaurant. I oh know you couldn't make it up, could you? And there's a, a lovely mix of locals, FC Porto fans already in shirts, etc, etc. And quite a lot of Inter fans. We saw quite a lot of Inter fans as well on the flight across from London. Uh, lots of uh, joshing uh, mild enjoyment between those fans um, before it really starts to, to, to ramp up a little bit later and of course it's such a huge game um, because not just because it's last 16 in the Champions League etc etc uh, but a lot on it for both teams. Inter who we know are so used to finding new and exciting ways to shoot themselves in the foot in a Champions League context ever since last win there in, in, in in 2010 and then you've got Porto, who have an incredible history in this competition, Um, but it's clear that Portuguese teams are um, playing with vastly reduced means compared to the biggest teams of of, of Europe now. And what they could do is create a little bit of history tonight, because if they were to get themselves through this, of course, uh, Benfica got through uh, against Club Brugge last week. Uh, Shout out Scotty P, we miss you already. And that would mean that uh, if Porto got through, it would be the first time in the history of the Champions League that two Portuguese teams got into the quarterfinals, which would be an incredible achievement when you bear in mind exactly how little they're they're playing with. Um, I know Sergio Consisal wanted money to spend in the January transfer window, didn't get it. A few injuries tonight. So that would again underline the fact that well you guys who listen to know, uh, listen to OTC know exactly how much I love Sergio Conceição. he's a brilliant coach and it would just underline that again if they got through tonight but come on lunch first right so we're down by the River Douro here where lots of Inter fans are gathered by the river facing Villa Nova de Gaia where all the port lodges are yes that's where uh Andrew boschs grandma had her place I think. She's from the Northwest which is why he speaks such good English. She's from Stockport I think. but anyway, don't let me get myself into an AVB corner or I'll never get out of it. Um, we've got interfans from the Curva Nord on the bridge with a banner and some flares as well already. they're making the most of the sun because like us they're from somewhere pretty cold at the moment. So 15, 16 degrees really does the job. So while we're in this massive queue waiting to get into the we're just having a bit of a look at the team news and absolute heartbreak, no Pepe, Pepe but not Pepe, they are two different people. Um, There was going to be the prospect of them lining up together with Pepe, young and small and Pepe, old and big and well, you know him of course, um, being lined up next together but uh, Pepe, the old guy, the 40 year old is... Unfortunately not here, which is breaking my little heart because I really wanted to see him and Edin and Dzeko have a good old-fashioned grapple. Later I found out that despite waiting for around 40 minutes we were among the lucky ones with the queues so bad in some places around the Dragao that some valid ticket holders from Italy didn't get into the game at all. pyrotechnic fog over which has Champions League written all over it obviously and also Bravo! the interfans are in the upper deck above us there's a very old fashioned net right in front of them to stop them chucking stuff presumably to the lower level still getting over the absence of Pepe if I'm being perfectly honest with you but there's barely a spare seat here Properly, properly, properly revved up. And Sergio out he's already there looking feisty in his navy blue get-up and white trainers, as he always was. This is his wheelhouse because it's Italian opposition. Now, he always says it's not a big deal to play Italian opposition, but he really bloody is because of his history playing football over there. For Inter, for Lazio. I can really imagine him managing either club actually. And also because he's got an incredible record in Europe against Italian teams. Four games for Porto against Italian teams at the out One all of them against Lazio Roma. Whoa, close. absolute Schipinger there, from Greenwich. just wide on the post, I think he must have taken a little flick because Ananda didn't get anywhere near it. <laughs> a poor time corner, bloody well, doors. On to Vinter. Jekyll, oh.
1: Come
0: on. Come on. For a minute it looked as if the Kosha would dive past it, but he actually made a pretty good save in the end. Almost caught it out there, Porto. They've started to take the game to Inter more and more in the last couple of minutes. And then went and left the back door open. You're saying, Ricardo, you think they're missing Otavio. Otavio. It's not just Otavio; it's Joao Mario, isn't it? That, yeah. that right-hand side for Porto is a little bit weak, and if you're DeMarco I think you're looking at that, aren't you?
2: And uh, you can tell, like, a lot of uh, a lot of inter chances were from the were from the Porto's right side. Yeah, yeah. Evan Nielsen is losing a lot of balls in the in attacking positions and putting Porto in very in a very dangerous uh, spot. I think.
0: Yeah. You were saying to me before. How important this is not just for Porto, but for Portuguese football. Because if Porto don't go through, it makes it quite hard for Portugal to maintain a third Champions League place.
2: Ah, uh, no, absolutely. Um, basically, Porto needs to win. Sporting needs to win because um, Portuguese teams in in Europa League and. Um, and conference league they underperformed this year and it can affect us a lot
0: so it's the introduction of the, the the conference league that's made a big difference really
2: absolutely absolutely because now um whereas you have like um usually not top content contenders from champions league or europa league falling through but clearly at a higher level so it creates an unbalance because when you see portuguese teams getting there they i don't think they are up to the challenge yet, and it's obviously yeah. a problem in the Portuguese league. Absolutely, because you, you you have like, but even Braga, even Braga, which is uh, uh, a, a, a quite experienced team, when with uh, with reasonable European success. Oh, twice with reasonable nice. European success, even in Europa League final, and they they won the Intertoto yes. once. So. Even them, they didn't perform as expected, so now Portugal is dependent on Benfica, Porto and Sporting to to grab those points.
0: Yeah, I mean, what difference it could have made if, if, if Sporting had gone through on match day six in the Champions League? I mean, they, they should have come through that group, really, couldn't they? And and they lost it, really, in the last half hour against Eintracht Frankfurt.
2: Uh Absolutely, but at the end of the day, um, I don't think Sporting would be ready for the... Uh for the for the next stage of the Champions League where No, the, probably not yeah where is in the Europa League and you can you can you can see this with their match against against Arsenal they can uh, they can go really far they can who knows they can even win the the Europa League because at the end of the day it's their focus now yeah
0: so well it's, it's hard for them to make top three isn't it I mean I guess it's funny because think of them and that they were so compromised sporting by losing uh, Matthias Nunes and losing Joao Palhinha at the start of the season. Yeah. Now, if you look back to the January transfer window, Porto and Sergio conceicao didn't really get anyone. No, they could have done with reinforcement, especially with how well Benfica started the season. Isn't it amazing the job that Sergio Conceição keeps doing and keeps doing and keeps doing with not much money here? Because you were saying earlier, and I totally agree, that they're aggressive, they've got identity. Yeah. When they play in the Champions they're always competitive in Champions League Porto.
2: Yeah, yeah, regardless of how they uh, of how they perform in the in the league, it's it's insane. And uh, Sergio Conceição is clearly one of the top uh, managers in Portugal, in Portugal or in this case Portuguese uh, managers. Like what he has achieved in Porto with um, well with underperforming uh, teams. Like this is not. The Porto that Mourinho had, oh, well, the Porto Mourinho had, he created it. But this is not the Porto, for example, that Villas-Boas had.
0: No, no, none of these players are going to turn into Manish or yeah. Uh Very few. Maybe Taremi. Taremi, Pepe. It's not the same level of play. You're right. Yeah, I, I don't I, I don't think it's, it is. It's not even the same level of, of player as um, Gisela Ferreira had or, or Andre Villas-Boas.
2: Nah, no, yeah, Andres Villas Boas had a, an amazing team, huh? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Hulk was. Hulk, Lucho, that was a. Uh, Falcão, yeah, that was uh, that was crazy. But, um, but yeah, he's, he's doing so well, and um, I think that. Um, I would have loved to see Sergio Conceição running the Portuguese national team, for instance. Yeah, really?
0: yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah that would be something.
2: Yeah, that would be something, because. He, uh, although he, uh, he has this uh, aggressive identity, he understands offensive football and Bordeaux has some really good transitions. So I think it would be quite suited to play to, uh, to run the national team.
0: Eventually, an Italian club is going to have to sign him because he keeps beating them in Europe. <laughs> so they have to stop him doing that.
2: Yeah, and he has a very, a very good connection with Italy as well.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Here we go, here we go. Oh! Ah, that was a great chance. So, break down the right-hand side. to so, Ramey brought it onto his right foot. He looked like he had a good angle to bend it in. Well, well wide in the end. I do wonder, Inter are taking very, very short goal kicks where Onana has got Bastoni on one side and a Cherby on the other and they're just standing on the edge of the six yard box to take the kicks. Porto have to press them at some point, especially as they like to be so aggressive. coax a mistake out of them. I agree it's dribbling it in the box but oh great play from Pepe. Oh here we go. Evan Nielsen blocked off by DeMarco and finally Porto moving the ball at pace and what a difference it makes, listen to this and Lautaro got absolutely wiped out by a challenger which the referee didn't give Lautaro is still on the floor, loss of Inter players and Simoni Inzaghi complained more to take his players away actually but Porto ended in the first half on a bit of a high So, hour gone, still 0-0, thinking some Porto subs have to be on the way. Started with a lot of intent for this second half, but just lacking that little bit of craft. And Inter look really settled and stable at the back, which well, it's not something you habitually associate with them. Although, here we go, a bit of Galeno maybe. corner, Grich revving up the crowd, Inter with a couple on the floor, including Damian with cramp, possibly trying to run the clock a touch, you really be the judge. <laughs> the interfans of Veneer uh, at the top of the stand. Feeling that not quite home and dry but they have this under control. Porto loads of willing bit full of ideas. <laughs> Still not over for Porto, seven, seven minutes of stoppage time, seven, seven, a minor lifeline. Of really inconvenienced the Nana. That's a spool save, that one still pushing. up into running the clock in the far corner seem to have got over the hump after that scare got the ball right in the place where they want it about two Portuguese clubs in the quarterfinals. in fact there's two Milan clubs in the quarters and the Inter really celebrated, furthest they've got in the competition since winning it in 2010, Lautaro leading the celebrations interesting scenes as they do celebrate because quite a few Inter fans there were tons ton of them absolutely tons of them by the water today and some of them were tickets in the Porto bit and Porto doing what Portuguese clubs do and turning their music up to spoil the moment <laughs> Or at least try to.
1: The Football Ramble is a Stack Production and part of the ACAST Creator Network.
0: Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes, flat,